0: Hi, Welcome to the Medianship Matters podcast. I am so glad you're here. My name is Hannah McIntyre and I'm a working evidential medium, spiritual teacher and Reiki master. And I started this podcast to just help people navigate the lumps and bumps and twists and turns of the spiritual journey. I find myself still questioning and trying to work through new lessons, new understandings all the time. And this podcast helps me as much as it helps you with understanding what the heck is happening when you go on a spiritual development journey. You can expect honesty, integrity, lots of laughs, lots of confusion as we try and work our way together navigating this Bendy path. There's guest interviews, week ahead readings, and lots of insights from my spirit team. I hope you love it. Let's begin. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts
1: most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and Zepbound for those who qualify.
0: Hello, and welcome to Mediumship Matters with me, Hannah McIntyre. And today I've got another great guest for us to hear from Samantha Cooper, who is Mindful Mandy on TikTok, who I follow. Mindful Mandy 108.
1: Yes, that's just me. to be
0: precise. <laughs> um and we have connected on TikTok. She makes me laugh. I think I make her laugh. We have these little yes. interactions. And I asked her if she'd come on and share her journey with us, because I get the feeling it's been quite a bumpy ride so uh welcome Samantha thank you so much yeah thank
1: you so much for having me it's always exciting to sit down and get to chat with other mediums um I really appreciate it so um yeah where to start
0: (laughs) yeah well how did you get into all this crazy shiz that is mediumship start there
1: um you know it's really funny because I actually I kind of fell into it, I guess, if you would say. I mean, I always had experiences growing up as a kid, but I was raised in a Catholic household. So when I tried to tell my parents what was happening, it wasn't really met with this like, well, let's talk about this. Let's unpack this. It was more like, we're just not going to talk about that. So so just just you know kind of push it under the rug That's so nice. i yeah right i immediately felt like okay this isn't there's something wrong here this is taboo so i'm just not going to talk about it anymore um and you know of course you you kind of go through those phases in life where you just i always was that person for people that they would just open up to me and they would always talk to me about their losses and I would always have these very imaginative experiences in my mind where where people would tell me a story. It felt like I could see everything as it was playing out, like a movie in my head. Um, And it was almost like I could intuit like the end of the story or like what they were going to say next. And I just thought that was me being, you know, a really good guesser. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) And so I had a lot of experiences like that growing up that I didn't really think twice about. I thought everybody had that or that was really common for other people. It wasn't until I became a nurse and um, really kind of went through my own struggles and grief and loss uh, with my own family and had my own experiences that I started to become overwhelmed with uh, my surroundings, if you will, I guess. Right. So. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I was kind of seeking out a way to mitigate some of the anxiety stress that I was encountering in the work I was doing and the grief that I had yet to process through my own losses that I had experienced early in life. And through that, I found um, a traditional Buddhist center that I started going to like a weekly meditation class. Uh, Yeah. So really basic uh, Mahayana Buddhism, uh, you know, and, and kind of meditating in this more traditional Vipassana style meditation that I was kind of learning. And I did that consistently for probably I'd say two years. And it was around the two year mark that I started having mediumistic experiences that were really prominent I didn't know that's really what they were but those sort of like those those intuitive sort of hits if you will or like the premonitory dreams or the premonitory thoughts and then they would manifest or happen you know shortly thereafter I would have them it started to freak me out and I didn't really know what to make of it and Mm -hmm. seeing someone for Reiki and she was also a clairvoyant medium and she had told me probably maybe three four years prior Oh, you know, you have mediumistic ability. You're going to be doing this mediumistic work in like professionally in like eight years. And I said, I laughed in her face because I, cause I had, at that time I had absolutely, I was like mad at God. I was in that, that really deep grieving space yeah. where I was just like, yeah, right. Like, no, that, that's not even something I want. Like, why would I go in that direction? And now, um, here I am. So, <laughs> uh, absolutely. but yeah, that's basically how it kind of unfolded for me.
0: And has it helped you to reconcile your grief? That's the Absolutely. big
1: question. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I learned so much through self-reflection and sitting with myself and allowing myself to let things come to the surface and giving myself the space to do that really started when I started the meditative process. Yeah. Um, and then the mediumship just kind of amplified everything. I started having my own experiences that... Uh, were undeniable which really did help with my own grief process and processing the things that I had yet to fully move through yeah so
0: yeah oh my goodness amazing and so when when you got this it all starts like you cracked open I'll oh, just have a nice meditation universe goes heck no let's crack her open <laughs> bring in the spirit world slap her around the face with it what how did you did you just Was it just natural there for you? Did you do lessons? How did you develop your own abilities? So
1: the first thing that I did was, obviously, I read a lot of books. Um, I had Mm. always been kind of drawn to the supernatural paranormal that had always really been something that had sparked my interest. But I always came at it from a very skeptical mind. So I really started by seeking out other resources to learn about mediumship in the spirit world when I thought that that may be what was happening. To be 100% honest, as someone who's so skeptically minded, I started to think that I was losing it. So I actually did talk to, uh, you know, I talked to a therapist and I also talked to a psychiatrist just to make sure that there wasn't something else underlying that maybe I was predisposed to that I didn't know about that was manifesting. Mm -hmm. And it absolutely wasn't. So um, before I even started, like truly working with someone to develop my abilities and actually looking for teachers. And it's kind of funny, because I feel like they say, the teacher will present itself when the student is ready. Mm -hmm. And my very first mentor, um, I remember, it was really very serendipitous how she came into my life. But I remember seeing her and just feeling this magnetic pull to her. That was almost like something I couldn't deny. It was almost, it was, it was weird. It was a weird experience. Yeah. (laughs) And and then at the time she wasn't teaching, um, she was just still very much working in the public eye. And, and then six months later, after I had found her, she opened up a mentorship. So that's, that's what I started taking actual like lessons and learning about the mechanics of mediumship and Mm -hmm. the foundations were laid. Um, And that was probably, I'd say about a year after I, I really started thinking, okay, this is what's going on. Let me
0: explore this on my own. And that's when she kind of came into the picture. Amazing. And, And I have a really analytical mind. Don't you think it helps the mediumship for evidential?
1: I absolutely do. I find that because of the way that my mind works and the way that I can sort of see patterns and and kind of note different things – I find that it actually really helps in mediumship because I can see the bigger picture um, a lot more clearly and sometimes a lot earlier on when I'm Mm -hmm. working with a communicator, if that makes sense.
0: Uh, Yeah, absolutely. And I also think there's that kind of because you doubt it and you want it to be proved to you, you try harder with it. And so you get better evidence because you're not willing to just stop at the surface. You want to push through. For that, that real because for me, I want it to be proved to me as much as I do the sitter. So I always hold myself really accountable for the evidence that I give. But I think that's a plus. I'm sticking with that analytic. I
1: agree. Absolutely. (laughs) I agree. You know, it's funny because I feel like I always learn something from every contact I do. I always say that there's there's something I can take away from every communication, even if it's just in a development circle or a group, there's always something to be learned. And I think I love evidential mediumship because it helps keep me grounded in reality because I'm striving for the deepening of the evidence and also Mm -hmm. the deepening of being able to bring forward the essence of those I communicate with so that their loved ones truly feel the presence of them once again. And that only comes from being able to deepen your evidence and actually be able to tell the story that they want to tell and move yourself out of the way enough that like, that the information can actually flow. It's yeah. so interesting.
0: Absolutely. There is a such it's such an art form. Uh mm-hmm. it's not as simple as being like Jennifer Love Hewitt and just frowning into space and passing on messages. <laughs> I wish it was, but it isn't. So <laughs> tell <laughs> us, um, have you got any stories about times that spirit have blown your mind or you know, evidence you've got? Share some of your your wins with us and things that you've got.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've had so many experiences and the truth is that I I feel like I I should like write them all down because yeah. there's just so there's been so many times that it's just bl- blown my my mind. Um, I think the one of the biggest probably eye-opening or mind-blowing experiences I have was one of the first contacts I think I ever did mm-hmm. um unintentionally where I was working in the hospital and I had um, I had a nurse, a colleague that I had was was working with and I knew that her, her father had recently passed. I, I was very much aware of that. However, I didn't really understand the mechanics of mediumship and how it really worked at that time, but I knew that it was something that may be happening and I'll never forget we were sitting, we were sitting at the nurse's station and every time I would get near her, I would have this, like this drop in thought that was so loud in my own thoughts, voice, and it just kept saying the same thing. It was the same sort of phrase over and over again. And it was like, it just said, ask about the light, ask about the light, ask about the light, ask about the light. And I was like, what is this? This is why can't, why, where did this come from? I don't even, cause it was in my own thoughts voice. Yeah. Yeah. So it was audience, but I didn't know that. And I was like, why do I feel like this? And it was this overwhelming almost anxious feeling I was getting and it was only when I would be around her so and I knew her dad had died so I was like maybe this is something but I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go over here and like sit away from her um and so I tried to avoid her for each of the remainder of the day because every time I got near her the same phrase just kept popping in my head and I couldn't get rid of it so this is like a really good uh I think sort of story about boundaries (laughs) because at that time I really didn't have any (laughs) I didn't know any better um and then when we were in the break room we ended up having our lunch at the same time um I I noticed that there was um it started to come on again because we were sitting close to each Mm -hmm. other and I finally was like I just have to ask like I don't I don't know what else to do we were talking about something totally unrelated and at the time Coca-Cola had I don't know if you remember those bottles that had people's names on them. Oh, yeah, that yeah. Was like, have a Coke with, you know, whomever. And there was a Coke bottle sitting on the table, like, right in front of me that someone had left. And it said, have a Coke with Robert. And it had the name Robert on it. And I had just glanced over it. And then at that point, the thought dropped in and kind of changed. And it said, that's my name. That's my name. That's my name. That's my name. And I went, okay. So then I just looked at her and I said, I just ask you a question I said what was your dad's name and she said oh his name was Robert and I literally was like okay all right and I said can I just and I I asked for permission at that point I said hey I think this is something that may be happening to me that I'm starting to explore are you comfortable if I ask you something or share something with you Mm -hmm. and she said yeah sure and I said you know I've just had this overwhelming feeling like maybe I'm feeling Robert's around and I said and I just feel this you know this this pull to ask you about the lights in your home. Is there something different with the lights? Something going on with the lights? And she says, her jaw like dropped on the floor, and she said, "Yeah, just two nights ago, we started leaving the lights on for him overnight because it's actually uh, in their in their cultural tradition when someone passes away, you leave the lights on for them overnight so they can find their way back to you." Oh. And I just and she just like was blown away i was blown away it was one of those moments where you go whoa yeah <laughs> i got to do something about this so that was probably like the big sort of opening story that made me go okay there's there's a lot more to this than i i think i Fully understand or grasp, and I need to learn more. So that was really probably the biggest sort of story I have. That
0: That's amazing. I mean, me. <laughs> there's so many elements having the name there in the physical. Yes, I mean that just shows how amazing spirit can be. But weirdly, I'm like you. My banging stories are right at the beginning because mm-hmm. I think once you start trying to develop it, that you're in you, you know, by default because you're trying, you're getting in the way of it, and so there you don't get those. Those moments where you you just can't believe that they managed to get all of the stuff done that they did—it's so cool. It's Thank so you. cool. Thank you for sharing <laughs> that with us. So, obviously, you came to it and you had your own grief and your stuff like that. Here's a really deep philosophical question for you: What do you think the purpose of human life is? Oh, Why do we gosh. come here? Oh man, if I
1: had an answer for that, I. I Wow, that's a really deep
0: one. I know. <laughs> Just <laughs> caught you off left field there. I know. What, tell oh. me.
1: <laughs> I think without getting too heady about it, there is a part of me that does think that there's some sort of greater purpose for the existence of our human incarnation. Um, You know, I've studied all sorts of texts and religions and I, I don't, I don't know. I just yeah. don't know. And I, I think it's the greatest mystery. And I think that there's beauty in mystery. Mm-hmm. So I, I try not to taint it with my own little human mind's worldview of like what the purpose is. But there is a part of me that does think that we're all just part of something greater. And we're all mm-hmm. just in an- it.
2: If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
1: Expression of that in our own individual ways. And it's almost like we're here to each have some kind of experience that um, allows us to more deeply understand the nature of the universe. Like it's the microcosm and the macrocosm understand it in a tangible way. But yeah, if but I feel like that changes, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, I love that. No, I love it. I could I just I was like, oh look at her go. I'm just gonna enjoy this. But yeah, it it's it's such a funny thing, isn't it? Because I also think that it's very relative. Like if somebody who just lost a child asked me that question, um, it's a very different response that you're able to give to just the sort of theory of it when you're in a good place and it's yeah like you say it's changing it's so interesting so you do one on one readings you do demonstrations you've got you you squash a lot of bs on tiktok mm-hmm. that i see you get you get yeah. annoyed with <laughs> with the crud so while i've got you here's the question i want to ask what do you How If you were a complete muggle and you were just trying to find a good medium, what do you think that people should be looking for and be worried about when they're looking at a medium to work out if they're the one for them? There's a lot of things
1: you have to factor in. One of the biggest ones is I say, if you if you adhere to any sort of belief or faith-based system to begin with, try to seek out someone who shares similar ideas and beliefs to you, to what you already are subscribed to. Because I have found that there's, even in mediumistic spaces, even in the evidential space, There, there is a tendency, especially in the under, if you're going to mediums who are maybe newer in their development or maybe even underdeveloped, um, there's oftentimes this potential to impart or try to make meaning of, you know, their sitters lived experiences or the communicator's lived experiences. There's a lot of coloring that I think can happen, Mm -hmm. so. I think depending upon what you already adhere to, what you believe should really drive sort of where you look for um, someone to work with or look for someone who really does their best to just give the evidence as it falls. And, you know, the messages are in the evidence. They're not so much, it's not this bigger picture that they're trying to maybe infer, right. Or make meaning of the lived experience of someone else. Um, so that would be my biggest caveat. I, I would, exp- yeah, you know, I think, and then the other thing, if you can, um, word of mouth is always, I think the best way to find a medium. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how a lot of my business comes in is people tell their family and their friends and then, and so on and so forth. But if you can find, um, you know, If you can watch a medium work, whether they demonstrate publicly or they do live readings on a live platform, if you have the opportunity to see them read and you feel a resonance with the words they say, the way they deliver their messages, that in and of itself can be another good way to vet and find the right medium that you want to work with for you. So
0: absolutely. I mean, that's how I inboxed you and got (laughs) you on the podcast. So I love it. Okay. What is one myth that you wish you could bust about mediumship? What would you, if you could say anything, you could shout at everyone in the world, what would it be? We are not
1: on all the time. We are not constantly, when we're around people, we are not constantly feeling out who's around you, what's going on. We're not looking, we're we're not, we're not doing that. I think TV and media has portrayed mediumship in such a way that the public has this huge misconception about how mediumship works and about how mediums are. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can't tell you the amount of times I've been around, even family, when I've explained to them, that's not how this works. They're like, oh, what does my so-and-so say about that? And I'm just like, I'm, 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 I'm eating, like, yeah, like, yeah, I'm, not, sure. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not tapped in right now, you know? Yeah. So I think if that was the, I, I just, that would probably be my biggest misconception, but also that mediumship is not a silver bullet either. A medium reading is not always going to be the thing that it's, it's not going to be, it's going to be what you need and not necessarily what you want. And I think people need to also realize that. hmm Because I think a lot of times people think that the mediumship or having a medium reading is going to cure grief or it's going to fix everything. And the truth is, if we become so hyper-focused on what we think the reading should look like, or we're so hyper-focused on hearing about certain things, or we could miss an entirely huge opportunity to have an experience with our loved ones um, if we become very narrow-minded. So that would be the other caveat, I would, I would say as well. Mm -hmm. Um, If anything, I don't know if you found this in your journey, but I found that when I was on the receiving end of a mediumship reading, one that was very powerful, I've only had a few, you know, outside of development circles Mm -hmm. that are very, very moving. Mm -hmm. um, They actually open up new layers of grief that maybe you thought you had worked through that that actually it's okay it's time to work on this it's like an onion so that's something yeah. I think also that would be a misconception that I would clear up or a myth
0: yeah I love that I know when my when my grandmother passed and everyone said well you won't be upset and oh, yeah. and I was like well I will because she's not here in the same way that she was so I still miss her still yeah. want to see her so absolutely it it does Open up diff- layers, exactly like you said. Going back to your your um, origin story at the beginning, how are your family with you doing this for a living? Then, if when you were little, they were like, "That's nice, dear," and pushed it away, are they more open to it now? Are they more receptive, or is it just not not talked about?
1: um To be honest, it's something that isn't really discussed. It's kind of a topic that that no not many family members actually ask about which i appreciate Mm -hmm. um and i think it's interesting though because the family members who i think would have had an issue with it are all in spirit now. So <laughs> um you know more so it was it was like my my dad is incredibly supportive and he was one of the people that I thought was going to just kind of give me the side eye. Um and <laughs> to a degree I think he he does but he's very very supportive. Um but other extended family members and things like that it's not something that's really touched on too much um mm-hmm. which Is okay and I'm I'm perfectly okay with that. Yeah, I
0: have some family members that just it's just we never talk about what I do. We just never mention it. (laughs) It's just never comes up in conversation. Never housework, you're busy, nothing. It's like it just hasn't happened. And that's okay. I respect that. That's that's have you ever had anyone come through on a reading yet who's who comes in with the like I never believed in this when I was here oh yeah isn't it hilarious I love it I'm always like oh hi welcome It's
1: one of the funniest things, too, because for me, you know, it's almost like I feel like they're going to come in in a way that you as the medium would recognize that aspect of their personality. And I often find it's the ones who are kind of like they just kind of drippity drop a little evidence here and there. I, talk, I call it like putting their toe in the water where they're and I'm like, mm, uh, would it make sense to say that they really would not have been into this when they were alive?
0: Oh, yeah. Like
1: deeply religious. kind
0: yeah. of <laughs> so funny isn't it I had a guy on Thursday night at dem first thing he said to me was I thought this was a crock of shit when I was here and I was like oh hi welcome because it just makes <laughs> me laugh but they still come through it yes. doesn't stop them coming through it's amazing yeah absolutely. okay if you had one piece of advice for a developing medium what would you what would you say to them don't compare yourself
1: to other mediums um, that would probably be it. Um, watch other mediums for the sake of watching and learning um, and learn what you like, learn what you don't like, learn about, you know, kind of how do you want to show up in the world in your mediumship, get really clear on what your why is mm-hmm. um, and check back in with your why very frequently. Um And don't be concerned with how long it takes to develop and unfold. The development process is lifelong and it's going to ebb and it's going to flow. You're going to go through expansion and contraction where you feel like you're really connected. And then you're going to go through periods where you feel like you are having a hard time and a rough go. And that's totally normal. Um, I think the other piece of advice that I would give to someone who's developing would be live your life. Mm -hmm. Don't make mediumship your entire life don't make you don't want to spend more time talking to the dead than you do to the living Um, because the more life you live the more experience you have the more spirit can trigger and
0: um, communicate through Mm you you know amazing that was really great advice (laughs) so Let's talk about what you offer. You do online readings for people. You've got online demonstrations. Obviously, as regular listeners listeners will know, I will put your website in the show notes so they can check. But you also do mentoring, both one-on-one and in groups, don't you? Yes, I do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, And I can really feel that teacher vibe coming off you. I think you love teaching. Is that right? I do. I love (laughs) teaching. I
1: love I. It's something that I've always loved. Even when I was doing nursing full time, I loved precepting. Teaching is just something I really enjoy doing.
0: Yeah, amazing. Good. So everyone can check that out. So what's next for you? What have you got plans, plans for the future? Do you know where you're heading or what you're aiming for or what's going on? Um, You know, it's really interesting because
1: I find that healing is integral and it's throughout this, I, throughout my journey in mediumship, one thing I have found is that there is um, something to be said for the human connection. And I get that in nursing a lot. Um, So I feel like the, there's been some overlap there and I feel that I'm, I'm really centered on wanting to be able to work with people. Um, not just using mediumship and psychic and intuitive work, but I also do feel there's a counseling aspect that I am really looking forward to developing as well professionally um, and moving into the therapeutic space. Uh, I currently work in um, like as a nurse, you know, my nursing life, but it all kind of intertwines because I currently do work um, in the field of uh, psychedelic assisted therapy. So that is, Sort of something that I think long term, I would love to be able to integrate in some way into how I show up in the world as medium, therapist, and uh, and a nurse. So
0: (laughs) all around, great, great girl. But I mean, that's what it's all. All of mediumship, I think, comes down to healing, doesn't it? We want people to feel better, Um, and whether that is finding a path through their grief by knowing their loved ones are still around or working with healing energy and making the change you need or opening up to your potential. It's still about someone being better than they yes. were when they joined you. So completely get that. Now, a um, couple of last little questions. Do you ever work with cards, Oracle cards or tarot cards or anything like that?
1: Yes, I, I do actually. So I, I work with tarot cards. I do work with Oracle cards and I actually, this is something I did forget. Um <laughs> to tell you about um but I actually run a tarot like practice circle with a friend of mine um and we do this over zoom and we help people learn how to intuitively work with their tarot cards to read for themselves and then in turn also um help them get more comfortable reading the cards for others so discussing and playing with tarot so yeah
0: and that would be traditional tarot uh-huh traditional tarot oh, yeah fantastic yeah. so while while i've got you have you got a pack of cards that you recommend a particular tarot or oracle oh. card set which would you recommend
1: well i am i'm a sucker for the original the Ryder smith weight just because i feel like it's if you're uh learning or new to the cards those cards really kind of tell stories in their imagery which can be really helpful in learning the cards and actually being able to see patterns when you lay the cards out in front of you um, they're very visual but I'm not gonna lie I am kind of kind of a fiend for uh, this light tarot
0: <laughs> it's beautiful that
1: set isn't it It's gorgeous. gorgeous. Yeah, it's gorgeous. I love it. So yeah, that's probably my favorite tarot deck that I have at the moment.
0: So amazing. I feel like me, it changes as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I'm like today, this is my favorite. And then and do you have a book that you would recommend or a couple of books that you would recommend for people who want to expand their knowledge?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I think one of the most helpful books that I read was was a book um magician to mystic. I don't know if you're familiar with that no. one by uh Simon James and Brian Robertson. I'm gonna write it down. Okay. <laughs> um it really is a it's an amazing book that kind of just goes into more of the it kind of looks at mediumship through more of a esoteric lens, which I think is really beautiful. Um and then the other book, of course, uh Janet Nahavik, uh Between I think oh gosh, I always get that one. Is it Between Two Worlds? I think so two... yeah I, it's so bad because I, I there's I get that one and then the between two worlds and where two worlds meet I can't ever
0: <laughs> oh no <laughs> I'm not sure but
1: I know the one you mean I've read that one yeah <laughs> Janet Nehovic is the uh, author I think it's her, maybe her only book Um, I really love that one Thank Um, you. I don't necessarily adhere to kind of like the structure anymore the checklist sort of way of interviewing spirits I don't really do that anymore Me but either. I think it has a lot of foundational
0: information that can be really helpful in the beginning of the development process. Agreed. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. Um, it's been an absolute joy just to hear your stories, your opinions, your journey. It's been really lovely. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us.
1: Oh, thank you so much for the opportunity to sit with you and chat with you. This has been amazing. <laughs> I loved it. Thank you. Thank you.